Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It's Scott Patsko and I, and today we are talking about the Brown schedule. Is it an easy schedule or is it a difficult schedule? That was my 21 questions post that I'll be putting up on Thursday. So we also did a podcast version of it. Now, check out Football Insider and the 21 questions post. They're all at cleveland.com slash browns. Blue banner at the top of the page to get Football Insider info and get signed up. Get that exclusive newsletter delivered to your inbox every single day, written by a member of our Browns reporting team. Get access to those exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns, including some of our 21 question stories, and also become one of our text subscribers. All right, here we go. Our Thursday Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It's getting closer, Scott. The 2021 season, believe it or not. I know all these teams are doing their countdowns now. So my 21 questions was uh, about if the Browns schedule is actually difficult because there's two ways to look at it. One of them is you look at last year's records, you kind of add them up and oh, look at the winning percentage and the Browns landed in a pretty tough spot. But, you know, Warren Sharp, and I've been referencing him a lot on this podcast lately, he actually uses Vegas odds to kind of look at what teams may be difficult. And I've heard him say that there's some teams that kind of do this too. They'll look at win projections and and Vegas win totals and things like that. And by the metrics he uses, the Browns actually have the third easiest schedule in the NFL overall. Now he's got some filtering tools on his site. And in the second half of the schedule, it's, it's a little bit tougher. They actually seem to have a favorable schedule. Now I asked our texters to rank opponents this year, all 14 opponents, Let's just do this. Kansas City was the no-brainer number one. So, so let's kind of talk through some of, how, some of their rankings and how they put them and, and how we'd qualify these teams. We know Kansas City is really good. We know the Browns are supposed to be really good. I guess my question here with this opener is, how much does it actually matter? How much are we going to learn? Last year, if we were talking about this opener as the, you know, the Ravens, I would have said, it means nothing because it's basically <laughs> step one and they didn't have much of an off season and, you know, everything that happened last year, this year. Yes. It's week one. Yes. It's an even longer season than ever before, but there's some more meaning to this because it's a team that you know, that you're probably going to have to beat to get where you want to go. And also you have how last season ended kind of rolled into that. So I think it's even more of, it matters and it doesn't matter. It matters from the point of this is definitely a, 
all right, here's the bar kind of game. Last year, I know it was the Ravens, and yeah, they're good, and but I don't believe that game was like that just because it was the first game with Stefanski and everybody was kind of figuring things out. There was no preseason, you know, all that. But I do think there is a, uh, a setting the bar kind of aspect to this game because it is the Chiefs and because you expect to see them in the playoffs if everything goes well. So I, I don't know if I'd say it's the most meaningful game, but for a week one game, I think this has more meaning than, than a game the Browns have been involved with uh, within a long time. Yeah, I'm a little torn because I think, you know, for all the points you mentioned, that Baltimore game, just everything was stacked against the Browns last year. But that being a division game and everything that's kind of on the line there, I feel like that game probably meant more, even though in the end, you know, yeah, the Browns lost 38-6 and they made the playoffs. But at the same time, like, if the Browns go out and just get smoked by Kansas City, it, it doesn't mean their season is over, but it is a little disconcerting. Like if they lose, I don't want to say 38 to six again, but let's say they lose by three scores yeah. for whatever reason, it would be a little disconcerting moving forward. And you'd have that in the back of your head as the season went along. So even if that loss doesn't end up meaning anything in their record and whether they make the playoffs or anything like that, and I don't think it would, I don't know. It's hard for me to just look at that game and shrug my shoulders because I know for a fact, if the Browns win that game, the city of Cleveland is just going to be on fire. The, the Super Bowl predictions are, are going to be flying in and that game's going to mean the world. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of overreaction no matter what happens in this game. I think some of the meaning too stems from the fact that the Browns have remade their defense and you can point specifically to the Chiefs and what they do on offense for a lot of the changes that were made to the Browns, right? They got faster. They got better pass defense, at least better pass defenders in theory anyways. And all that kind of stems back to having to stop an offense like the chiefs, or at least slow them down enough to where, you know, your offense can, can keep up. So I do think that you, yeah, you don't want to come out and lay an egg because then I think there's going to be a lot of questioning those moves that were made. And if, if things look really bad to start off against this team, yeah, you have a whole season to kind of correct that. And if you face them again, it's, there's a long distance between week one and the playoffs, but like I said, this is a bar setting kind of game and especially so for that defense. There's going to be so much hype and so much momentum going into it. It's just, we always overreact to week one, no matter what, just across the league. We react to every, every team that wins and every team that loses. But if you start that season off right by beating Kansas city, I think that really does set a tone for, for what you can do the rest of the season. There are some similarities with that Baltimore thing a week, a year ago, because like you mentioned, this is a completely new defense. So, I mean, you could have a rookie starting corner. You could have a rookie linebacker starting. You, I mean, Grant Delpit's not a rookie, but he's kind of a rookie. So you, so you could have a rookie starting at safety. So, there, I mean, there's some similarities, similarities there, but at least they'll have a training camp and an offseason to work with. Yeah, and let's not forget what week one is for the Browns. 16 <laughs> straight years without a win. Like 120 and one since 99. That's eight, eight coaches have lived through this. Uh, I, I actually jotted down a while back a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, info related to this because I know it's it's something we're going to be talking about as it gets closer. Most of these games have been at home too. You know, this is the game you have the most time to prepare for. Granted, the Browns have gone through a lot of new coaches and they're you know new coaches and coordinators during this whole span, but still, that's you know, 13 straight in week one, 13 straight losses before they actually tied the Steelers couple of years ago so there's all of that kind of rolled into this just the, the futility and just it's kind of incredible that streak 120 and one since 99 
one tie versus Steelers, but they've actually lost three times to the Steelers, two losses each to the Bengals and Eagles. And now the Chiefs, Chiefs get their shot to try and keep this streak alive. It, it is nice that they don't have to open against a division team. That, that's helpful, at least. So the other team, I mean, Kansas City ran away with the number one votes on our texter rankings. The team that was number two is Baltimore. Is that an obvious number two, or is there an argument you would make for anybody else? No, it's an obvious one because they're the team to beat in the division. You play them twice. I think that's a good choice, and I, I might have put that number one if I was doing these rankings, but you know, at least just number two with the fans. We, we've talked about Baltimore a ton and, and kind of what those games mean, those two, two games in three weeks for the Ravens against the Browns. The Browns play them in back-to-back games the bye week. This was interesting. Green Bay came in at number three, but I want to pair this with Denver, who was number 11. And of course, we all know this Aaron Rodgers situation. Who knows where it's going to end up? So Green Bay is number three. How far do they drop in your mind if, if Aaron Rodgers gets traded? And first of all, I think Denver's too low to begin with, with or without Aaron Rodgers. But where would you kind of slot Denver here? And obviously, we're, we're just kind of ballparking this. Where'd you say Denver was? Denver is 11th, which I think 11th. is way too low from our, from our tech. Other than the Chiefs and the Ravens, the Browns schedule is full of a lot of teams that could go either way. You don't right. really like, there's no definites here. Um, even the Patriots, you're not sure if they're going to bounce back and be what they were. Uh, but you know what you're going to get from the Chiefs. You know what you're going to get from the Ravens, everybody else, you know, and, and the Packers, again, like you said, it, it all comes down to Rogers. So, yeah, if Aaron Rodgers is playing in that game, uh, it's a late season game. That could be big. The Broncos, though, I, I think when we did our, our rankings of opponents, weren't the Broncos like one of the last picks? I think I might have picked them. And I think I said something to the effect of, if, uh, like I could have forgotten that they were in the NFL last year. They were so irrelevant. I don't, I don't know. If he's on that team, are they set up like the Buccaneers to, to make that kind of jump? with Aaron Rodgers sliding in a quarterback. I don't think they are. I mean, they have some receivers. I think they have talent on offense. I, I really do. I, I don't love it. If drew Locke is starting there, I like it a little more if Teddy Bridgewater is starting there, but I think Aaron Rodgers could do some damage with that offense. They have some nice receivers. It kind of comes down to how Von Miller comes back on the defensive side, but they've still got, you know, Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, I think they've got some pieces in Denver to be pretty good. I don't know that it would be Bucks level. They're going to go win the Super Bowl good. Mm-hmm. But I think even now, as is, to have them – our Texters have them 11th. I don't know. I think that's low. I think if Aaron Rodgers is there, I would probably move them up into the top eight at least. And somebody yeah. out there is probably saying they'd move them up higher than that. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, anything could happen with that situation. We just – we don't know. Maybe he goes to Houston <laughs> of all places. But, yeah, they're just another one of those teams where they're like, you just don't know. I mean, a lot of these teams could be really good this year, but then you're kind of projecting forward and you're thinking they're going to build off what happened last year and it just might not happen. Okay, so I'm going to throw, let's see, four names at you here. And these are four through seven in our rankings. So Arizona, the L.A. Chargers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Minnesota Vikings. So Arizona, the Chargers, the Steelers, and the Vikings. I would probably go Chargers atop that group, then maybe Arizona, and then maybe Minnesota and Pittsburgh. How would you rank those four? 
Man, the Chargers are the it team this year. Aren't they? I know they were everybody's going to pick them for the playoffs. They're just they're like I'm waiting for them to show up on the cover of uh, of a magazine <laughs> like uh, you know Landry and Beckham a couple years ago. The Chargers are back. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm actually starting to get a little scared off of the Chargers. Honestly, there's a little too much hype there. I'm tempted to go with Vikings just because they've been a little more consistent. I mean, they haven't they've kind of hovered around 500 last few years like kind of, you know, either over, usually over it, but I think one year, I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, they were eight, seven, one, two years ago, three years ago. I would probably put the Vikings over that just because they have more of a track record. And, you know, over the last few years, I just, I don't know. I'm not ready to to say the Cardinals or the Chargers are ready to make that jump. I know they're exciting. They got exciting young quarterbacks, stuff like that. But I'm not sure I would put either of them over the Vikings if I were ranking them. Yeah, that's fair. I don't, I don't know what to make of Arizona. You know, I, I've obviously said in the past that I'm kind of out on Pittsburgh, but again, that's just a team that you get to November, they're four and two and you're like, Oh yeah, the Steelers, they're, they're the Steelers. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I think this just speaks to this schedule has so many teams that could go either way. Like Arizona could be a contender in the West or they could be eight and eight again, or I guess eight and nine. You know, same with the Chargers. They could be a contender in the AFC West and, and fight for a wild card spot, or they could be seven and ten or eight and nine. So I, I just don't know. Minnesota is one of those teams that kind of any given Sunday can beat you, and sort of year to year, they can be one of the best one of the best regular season teams, at least in the NFL, or they can be a middle of the road team. Yeah, and I do think that all those teams need to be grouped together like they are in those rankings. I think that's good that they're all there because I think they are similar in that they could be really good or just kind of just on the outside looking in on the playoffs. And like you said, the Steelers, we talk about them like they were a 4-12 and team, but they were 11-0 and at one point. <laughs> no matter, you know, even despite all the shortcomings of Roethlisberger and, and having like the worst rushing attack in the NFL, they were still 11-0. and They know how to win. Right, exactly. So then we've got, after that, our textures went New England, Las Vegas, and Chicago. Now, Chicago was ahead of Denver. And maybe they're, maybe they're assuming that Justin Fields is, is going to be the starting quarterback there. Uh, yeah, I think Chicago, you know, Chicago and Denver are actually kind of similar. They both have some talent. I think Denver's got more. But they're, they're interesting teams. I don't know that. So the Browns play Houston in week two and then Chicago in week three at home. And I think, you know, Houston is basically a homecoming game. Chicago, though, if you kind of sleepwalk into that game, they could trick you a little bit, especially if they got some energy coming from a rookie quarterback. Maybe they forced a couple turnovers. But New England, where would you slot New England kind of among the 14 opponents? They're a really hard team to figure out. A bunch of money in free agency. Find some yeah. tight ends, some receivers, uh, have a bunch of yeah. opt-outs coming back on defense. Bill, Josh McDaniels. I don't know. I don't know what to make of New England. Who's their quarterback? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. That's the question. I think, yeah, you're right. Those opt-outs, I think a lot of people uh, forget that they had some key players, uh, especially in defense, that opted out last year. I, I would expect them to be good. I mean, they could even uh, climb into that, that group we just mentioned uh, with the Steelers and, and the Cardinals, Chargers. Uh, I would expect the Patriots to be good. I think it's all going to come down to what they get out of the quarterback. If, if they get a healthy season out of a quarterback, you know, if they got to turn to a rookie, I doubt Bill Belichick would make the decision to go with Mac Jones right away. But 
if you're seeing them halfway through the season, whoever's a quarterback, it might not, might not be a case. Like you mentioned Chicago. Like I, I don't care who's playing quarterback. You, you get the bears week three, with Justin <laughs> Fields a quarterback. I'll, I think the Browns will take that. Yeah. Cause he's still figuring things out at that point. So, but I would expect the, the Patriots to be better than they were last season. It wasn't all Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, they were seven and nine last year and they played a really tough schedule just as far as winning percentage, the, the teams they played and Cam Newton was really bad, especially after he got COVID, he was really bad. So I don't know if it was COVID. I don't know if he's just done. They've got to figure that out. That's a problem that I don't have to figure out, thankfully, uh, but they'll do something there with, with that offense. They're kind of going with the bigger personnel going back to what they, they used to do back in the, the latter part of the, uh, the previous decade. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, sort of bullish on new england i think i think that's a team that can fight for a playoff spot but i also think that's a team the browns should be better than yeah and you know the division just got better all around them so so las vegas is the other one and they're kind of in this same range and we saw what happened last year against the raiders that was a really tough game do you think the raiders when they played the browns we're actually a better team than the Browns at the time. The Raiders finished just terrible like they always do last year. But when the two teams met, were the Raiders actually the better team or was that just a weird game? Let's see. Well, I think that was one of the games that uh, Chubb and Teller missed. So yeah. there was that. I don't think the Raiders were the better team. Uh, they might have had the better matchups that day. They, unlike the Eagles, realized that they could run on the Browns and kept doing it. Um, the Eagles just seemed determined to pass in horrible weather and it, you know, it doomed them. So the Raiders, they just, you know, they had the, the good games against the chiefs and for what the last couple of years, it just seems like they can beat anybody and lose to anybody. And they were, you know, right at 500 last year. So I did not come away from that game thinking, I, I think I came away from that game thinking the Browns kind of blew an opportunity. You know, that's one of the games in the middle of the season. that I thought if they don't make the playoffs, that's something they're going to look back on is, it's definitely a missed opportunity, even without Chubb and Teller on offense. They, I think they should have some, should have done better, but if, you know, at the end of the day, the, the weather impacted them more than it did the Raiders. If you have Chubb in that game and you're rotating in both Chubb and Hunt as running backs and you got your full offensive line, I think that game goes a different way. Yeah, and, and that game had the weird Jarvis Landry overturn when he made that diving catch in the end zone. And then I, I think it was Henry Ruggs. There was another kind of replay controversy there. That, that was just a strange game, strange weather. The Browns were coming off that win against Cincinnati. And I think they were thinking about the bye week. I, I really do. I, I think they were sort of looking ahead a little bit to get to that bye week. I think they were exhausted. Last year was a tough season for everybody, the COVID testing and, and all of that. So that was just a, a funky game. So we've talked about Chicago. We've talked about Denver. And our bottom three from our textures, this is a no-brainer, Cincinnati, Detroit and Houston, which of those three teams? And I think I know the answer to this, which of those three teams do you view as the most dangerous on the bottom of this grouping? Well, it's gotta be the Bengals, right? Right. <laughs> they definitely have some pieces to build around. You, you, you assume Joe Burrow is going to come back, whether it's, you know, on time or not, he's certainly expected to be back by the time he faces the Browns, the lions, you know, you don't know. And, and Houston's just kind of a hot mess. So I would definitely say the Bengals, although even though they gave the Browns a handful last year, the Browns are much better equipped on defense to deal with, you know, Joe Burrow as a passer and their offense, you know, five wides and 
and, and everything that, you know, you had you know, Tavier Thomas out there playing the slot in week, what, two or whatever. You just, you, your secondary was not good. And in the second game, Beckham, second game Beckham got hurt. So you didn't see the, I guess, the best of the Browns against them. And I think the defense, the improvements the Browns made when they played the Bengals, that might be one of those games where you really see the difference. Yeah, so this is the thing about this matchup. So Cincinnati, like you said, they got them twice before the bye. And it was, it was really the bye where the Browns made a bunch of changes and, uh, you know, really came out better once the weather cleared, especially. We didn't get to see them go against the Bengals after that. And I think the games would have been different. Baltimore, we did, right? So they get beat by Baltimore week one, just blown out. By the time they get to December, the Browns have hit their stride offensively. And you've got this shootout that comes down to Lamar Jackson running out of the tunnel and, uh, you know, Justin Tucker hitting a crazy field goal at the end of the game. So I think we would have seen a very different matchup against Cincinnati. Like you said, they are much better equipped They're The Browns will win a shootout against the Bengals because they'll force that one turnover or two turnovers that are going to turn a three point win into a 14 point win. So I think that's the big difference. And then Detroit and Houston, like I mentioned, just, you know, Houston's a homecoming game. Kind of literally, because there's a bunch of ex-Browns on yeah. the Houston Christian Kirksey, I think, is, is even on the Texans now. Yeah, everybody moved to Houston. Uh, that were, no, Kendall Lamb went to the Titans, but... Tavier Thomas, I think, is there. Thomas is there. Terrence, yes. Terrence Mitchell. Terrence Mitchell. Rod Taylor's probably going to be your starter. Yeah, I think there's another uh, linebacker who got some snaps with the Browns. I can't think of But yeah, there's like, there's almost half a dozen former Browns on that team. All right, so the question ultimately was, as we kind of wandered through these rankings, is the Browns' schedule actually difficult next year? So now that we've talked through some of these teams, what do you think? And basically, my first reaction would be, yeah, my first reaction is to say, no, it's not difficult, at least when held up against maybe the, the Ravens or the, or the Steelers. But I do think that it has potential to be difficult because like I said, a lot of those teams could are, are expected to be better or to make some sort of jump this year. Like the, the chargers and the Cardinals teams like that. You, you're not really sure which, which way they could go. We spent a lot of time towards the end of the season talking about, well, the Browns finished third in the division. They gave a third place schedule, but all that really means <laughs> is you're playing the Patriots who finished third and you got the Cardinals who finished third in their division. Other than that, everything else is pretty much already determined. So it's like basically two games out of your schedule. And as we've said, the Patriots aren't expected to be what they were last year. And the Cardinals have that potential too. So it's not like you're playing some sort of weakened schedule based on where you finished last season. That's for sure. Yeah. I think this is really one of the tougher schedules to get a grip on because like one of the toughest games is green Bay but we don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. And that makes a world of difference. We've talked, we talked about the chargers, right? That's everybody's darling right now, I think. And sometimes that means we're a year ahead on them. So maybe they aren't going to be the team people think Arizona, maybe Cliff Kingsbury just isn't a good coach, or maybe he figures it out this year. And maybe new England is just a perpetual seven or eight win team at this point. We're kind of where they are talent wise and, and without Tom Brady. I don't know. I don't think this is the third easiest schedule or I don't think it'll end up being the third easiest schedule, which is where Warren Sharp landed it. But I also don't think this is like a top five difficult schedule. I think this is probably going to end up maybe middle of the road, probably trending on the easier side. And a lot of it will be determined by how healthy the Browns are. And, right. you know, 
they 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 found a way to to win 11 games last year despite are having a lot of injury and COVID issues. I think their their secondary uh, football outsiders does their adjusted games lost rankings. Uh, the Browns led the league in games lost uh, in the secondary last season. If they're healthy and, and able to put you know and able to avoid avoid games like that Raiders game or obviously the Jets game. Those are two games they should have won. That's that's a 13 win season right there. Yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, they were they were kind of that close. And then you know there were even other games where if it goes, you know, the Cincinnati game, right? If Joe Burrow has two extra plays, do they lose mm-hmm. that game? You know, now you got a nine win schedule. It's just it's a real fine line. They were the only what's let me see. They were the only playoff team with a negative point differential last season. So. If you're into that, uh, gosh, what's it called? The uh, the theory that basically everything will even out. Like the Browns should not have as good of a record this coming season as they did last season because the odds say that they won more games than they should have based on their point differential. But even that was like skewed, right? Because you had the 38-6 to Baltimore and you had the uh, you had the blowout in Pittsburgh. So So even that was like when you take those games out, I'm not sure what the differential would have been without those two games, but even that like sort of skews a a certain way. Yeah. But still 11 wins uh, in a season where, I mean, a lot of those, like the Jacksonville game, that was a lot closer than it, than it should have been, you know, both those Bengals games, things like that. uh, They just played a lot of close games. All right. So there we go. Our, uh, another edition of our 21 questions that we are putting up at cleveland.com slash Brown. Scott talked about the defense earlier this week. I talked about the offense. I'll also have a post going up about the schedule here. Scott, what is your uh, Friday 21 questions post? Do you know yet? Yeah, we're going to be looking at the Browns pass defense. Uh, it really struggled last season. I'm sure everybody remembers. And I think I wrote a story maybe four or five weeks into the season asking if we were seeing an historically bad Browns pass defense. So I'll kind of revisit, revisit that and uh, find out where they ended up and talk about how they could be better. They made a lot of changes to the secondary and uh, you kind of expect them to, to make a big leap. So check that out at cleveland.com slash Browns on Friday. And of course, check out Football Insider, the blue banner at the top of that page to get info on Football Insider and get all signed up. Scott, I will talk to you later. 